give the Lord a big praise right now? I just feel like, yeah. He deserves our praise, amen? He's such a good God, and I know so many things happen just in the spirit today. It was so beautiful. Well, I am doing part two of our series called Heaven's Perspective, and if you missed last week, I'm going to give you an assignment this week, okay? I want you to go listen to the teaching from last week because what's so important about this series, and I know I say this every time, but I really mean it this time. This series is very important because we are building blocks towards you getting a revelation of heaven's perspective in your life on kingdom authority. And last week was just a strong foundation of um, point number one was this, you must have a revelation of your God-given authority. And it really starts there. If you don't really have a revelation of who God says that you are, your identity in Christ, your identity in the word of God, you'll never walk in the full kingdom authority God's called you to walk into. It really starts there. And I taught about 45 minutes on it, so I can't even cap what we did last week. That's why I want you to really go listen to it, because we really dug into the word to find out how do you find that God-given identity of your authority. Um, one of the points I did make last week, and I wanted to bring it again, was this. The power, listen, God already gave you power, amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Power is your ability to act. God already gave you dunamis power. He said, I've given you ability to take strongholds. I've given you ability to change the situations of your life. But authority is this. It means your right to act. It's your right to act. So you have all the power necessary. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have everything within you to have situations change in your life. But you've got to take the authority. You've got to know it's your right to act. Amen? So go listen to that series. We're going to get into part two today on this. And my number two point is this, understanding the position of your authority. So you have to know your authority, that's the, the, really the foundation, but then you have to know the position of the authority that you stand in, in the spirit. Um, some of this, I'm, some of you might know some of this stuff, but I'm going to ask you to listen with new ears and ears of revelation and ears of the Holy Spirit. And some of you, this may be new to you, and I believe it's going to really enlighten you and really take your walk with Christ to entirely another level. Amen? So you have to know your position of authority. Where do you stand? Um, there is a minimal, a limited amount of, um, when you have a limited amount of understanding of your authority, you will walk in what I call a linear authority or it would be a horizontal authority. Now, I wanna say this, horizontal authority or linear authority that goes like this, it's not wrong and it's not bad, but it's minimal. Because what happens is you can see things in the natural eye, the things that you're going through, the strongholds in your life, children's situations, whatever it is in your life, even opposition of the enemy, you're looking at it like this. And because you may know the word of God a little and you may know how to take your authority, you will have some fruit in your life. And that's a wonderful thing. I'm pretty sure most of you in here has had incredible fruit. But what I'm trying to get you to is not a linear faith. Not a faith that looks at my circumstance and goes, well, I know the word says that. And maybe you pray and you have a little breakthrough. I'm popping here. I want to get your perspective from a heaven's perspective. Not on earth looking up to heaven, hoping God comes down. But I'm talking about looking from heaven down on your situation. And when you get that perspective of where you are as believers in Christ, it will expand your horizon to move in the supernatural. Do you know that we are called to move in supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles? How come some people are doing it? How come some countries are doing it? And I fully believe that it goes back to we look linear with God. We look in our little mindset of what the word says. And God's like, no, I want to take you higher and I'm going to show you how to do that today, that you're looking from kingdom's perspective. Because how many know when you go higher, you can see farther? When you're looking at the situation linear, you can only see a little bit. The problem's really big, but the answer is really small. And God wants you to change that perspective today. Amen? You'll start seeing incredible results in your life of the supernatural when you really know where you are seated with Christ Jesus. So let's look at this. We're going to start in Luke 10, chapter 19. And I love this. And Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he started in verse 18, before we get to 19, but he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
So we know that Jesus saw Satan fall, and we know Satan has some territorial rights here on earth, and we've been given authority over him, but he does have some jurisdiction rights here on earth. And Jesus is saying, I saw Satan fall, but then he goes on to empower, empower them, and he says, behold, I give you the authority. What do he say? All the authority that I am, all the authority that I carry, I'm giving it to you. So the enemy may come in your life. He may try to entrap you, block you, discourage you, whatever it is. Jesus said, I gave you that authority to do what? To trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. What is that? That's the commission by Jesus. He said, I know the enemy roams around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. I know there's assignments of discouragement that comes against you and tries to trip you up. But I gave you the authority. I'm commissioning you as Jesus with my authority that everything that you're facing, scorpions, weapons of the enemy, right, serpents, that, that you have full power over them. And you have to know that Jesus gave you that a power, and that power comes from the authority through Christ Jesus. Amen? When you know that authority, there's this magnificent power that Jesus carries, that his name carries here on earth. It's not just a small name. That name changes everything. And we'll look into it further next week, but Jesus is the name above every name. We actually might get to that this morning. His name carries authority. Philippians 12, 9, I do have it here. He says, he is the name above every name. Say above. Jesus' name is above every name. Anything that you go through, Jesus is above that name. So let's keep, keep reading that verse. And that every knee shall bow. What does that mean? I don't bow to anything in the world. I don't give subjection to anything the world tries to give me because the name of Jesus is above that name. And that, that name means that everything in the world has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. So if that thing that you're struggling with or that opposition has to bow its name to Jesus, Jesus say, I gave you that same name, my name, that everything in your life has to bow its knee to you. That means I'm not, I'm not subjected to the things the world wants to bring into my life. I have the name of Jesus, amen, that every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. What is that? That's supernatural authority. That is not lineal authority. That's not looking at my circumstances and go, well, in the name of Jesus. And you will get some fruit with that. But I'm talking about when you know that Jesus' name is above every name and where you are seated with Christ, you now have a supernatural authority that you're looking down on this situation and you are going, in the name of Jesus. You see that full power and authority that you can walk into when you are seated higher than seeing yourself lower in Christ Jesus. The authority of Jesus flows from the revelation of the authority that Jesus really carries. Now, I'm talking about heaven authority. We're talking about heaven's perspective. What does heaven really see? It's an enhanced, higher view of the supernatural power of God. We're going to break into this a little bit this morning. But it's an enhanced, higher view of the supernatural power of God. I'm not looking up at heaven hoping God comes. I'm not looking up and saying, you know, God, I just pray that you do this miracle. No, I'm up in heaven, and I'm going to show you, and you're looking down on your circumstances. It's like when you're talking to a child, and you have that authority over that child. There is a stance that you take. There's an authoritative position that you take. I don't have to get down on my knees and beg my child to obey me. I know some parents do that today. That wouldn't happen in my household. I got too much Italian in me. Well, I take authority. I know the realm in which I have authority, and I take my stance and authority, and I say, that is not allowed in my household. Devil, you are not allowed to steal my joy. I'm not coming down here begging God. No, he already gave me authority. I don't have to beg him for anything. I take my seated position in Christ Jesus, exercising that full authority, knowing that that situation has to change. 
If the enemy's coming against me, and you know how they, all of a sudden you wake up, and you're like, man, what? there's confusion, and there's like heaviness and darkness. You can step into your authority, come out of the flesh, and go, in the name of Jesus, you have no right in my home, over my children, or over my family. And you can step into that spiritual realm with full authority, and the enemy has to bow his knee. Why? Because I told it it had to. I told it it had to because of the spirit of God that lives on the inside of me, right? So all authority comes from Jesus, right? Once you grasp your position in Christ relating to your spiritual authority, you will, you will operate on a much higher plane in the spirit. Let me say that again. Once you grasp your position of authority in the heavenlies, you will operate in a much higher supernatural stance. We're going to show you some examples here in just a minute, but let me give you one of my stories. I was sitting in my car, it was quite a few years ago, and it was at night, I was just hanging out at the red light, and uh, as I'm holding onto the steering wheel, I'm seeing this head, car headlights just coming straight for me. I mean, it's just making a beeline. In my mind, I'm going, oh my gosh, that car's coming straight for me. It's literally, it was erratic, out of control. It's coming straight for my car. And within seconds, I went, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I mean, I just started screaming, the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, this car got that close to my friend and my car. And it was like it bounced off of something. It couldn't touch me. And it went two lanes across and went onto the sidewalk on the other side. That is spiritual authority. See, when we're looking linear, oh, my God, I hope, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, I, I, I brace for impact, God, I brace for impact. No, when you have your higher level authority, I know the name of Jesus has to reroute that car. I don't know how it's going to happen. And you can get to a place where that is your first instinct, where you're like, wait, that name of Jesus is powerful in every area of my life. And I just scream the name of Jesus. And, all of a sudden, and, and then I braced. You know how you got like, you got human and spirit, right? You got flesh and spirit working for you. And all of a sudden, that car just bounced off of something. And, and, and that car was fine also. That's the kind of authority I'm talking talking about when that becomes your first instinct amen and God can do that and reroute in many situations so I'm going to look at some scripture verses today some of these you might know some of them might be newer for you but let's dig in a little bit into Ephesians chapter 2 1 I'm going to start in verse 1 and I love this it says in verse 18 the eyes of your understanding being enlightened what is that the first thing you have to get is a revelation saying the eyes of your understanding, my natural eyes has to get a revelation of what? That I may know what is the hope of my, his calling and what are the riches of the glorious of his inheritance in the saints. You inherited something from Jesus that was given to you and you have to get a revelation. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who, be, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? What is that? That is the power of God that works on the inside of you towards any resistance of the enemy, any attack of the enemy, any physical um, ailment in your body. That power of God is working together on the inside of you. Look at verse 20. That power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. So the same power that resurrected Jesus from the cross, from death, burial, and resurrection, the power that worked in him and seated him, where? At the right hand of God the Father. That same power and that resurrection is the same power that lives in you. Oh, well, that was Jesus. No, that's linear thinking. Because the same power that Jesus walked in is the same power he wants you to walk in, that dunamis power. And he was seated at the right hand of, the, of God the Father Far above, keep reading verse 21, all principalities, all powers, the might, the dominion, anything that's trying to control you, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under your feet. That is some kingdom authority. And I can tell you, as, as human natures, there are many things that we are walking in that we shouldn't be walking in. There are places that God says, I've not called you to walk in that mess, but you don't see where I've seated you. You don't see the power that worked in me is now working in you, and you're settling for things that God has not called you to settle for. 
And I'll show you in a minute, it's like flipping the switch. That's how easy it is to get into a heavenly perspective and get out of your carnal situation, right? So he's saying everything has been put under whose feet so far? Jesus' feet, right? Isn't that wonderful that Jesus did that for us? But if we keep only seeing Jesus there, that keeps us limited in our miracles. Because Jesus isn't the only, that's a great power. And that's awesome that he did that for us. But what gives me that, that authority? What gives me the right to do that? Let's keep reading in verse chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. So the moment you got born again, the Spirit of God filled you up. You have the Spirit of God, if you're in Christ, living on the inside of you. He goes, I made you alive. And it goes on to say when you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, but I have made you alive by my Spirit. Now, you may not be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues yet, and that's an, another baptism, another message. But when you have Jesus, you have the Spirit of God. Say, I have the Spirit. You've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. That's untapped supernatural power. That's untapped miracles. Because Jesus said, I made you alive. And all those dead things, see, we see ourselves small. We see ourselves inadequate. We see ourselves not spiritual enough and not good enough. And for the sake of not walking down in my heels, we're, we're just walking down here. We're just walking in the mud. We're walking in the dirt. We're walking in low self-esteem. And Jesus looking down going, what are you doing there? Like you may know a little bit of the word. And you may know like you're preaching the word. And, and, and you might even have some good prayers. But God says, but you're not seated from the perspective I told you to sit at. And that's why you're still wandering around. That's why you're still frustrated. That's why that merry-go-round of your behavior still exists. Because you don't see yourself where I've called you. We see Jesus did it. I'm so thankful, but Jesus isn't in my house sometimes. I mean, he is, but you know what I'm saying? I can't see him in my linear view. I can see the problem, but I can't see the miracle. I see more problems. I don't see Jesus. I'm praying. I'm fasting. And maybe there's a little motion, but God's like, wait a minute. I'm calling you out of this behavior, and I'm calling you up to a higher one. It's a kingdom authority. It's a kingdom perspective. So what did he say in verse 8? All of that. And then he goes to verse 8. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I know you know this, but I want you to hear this by the Spirit. Too many of us are living down. Too many of us are living beneath where God's called us to live, whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. There are things that we are contending with, and God's like, the reason why you're contending is because you're not up where I put you. You're not seeing from my perspective, and I'm going to show you in just a little bit how to do that. But Jesus is seated above in heavenly places, and he said, in the spirit in you is also seated there. So whenever I feel inadequate, whenever I don't feel spiritual enough, when I don't feel like I have a voice to the spirit, I have to step out of Barb Pruitt. I have to come out of the ground, and I have to come back. But God's word said that I'm the head and not the tail. God says he gives me ears to hear what his spirit has to say. I'm coming up to that kingdom perspective now looking down and saying, no, you don't have control over me. Now I'm not coming into agreement with my circumstances. I'm coming up above it in my God-given authority. And now I can say, you have to go in the name of Jesus. Opposition, go. Stress, go. Things in my home, go. Marriages, go. That's the authority of Christ. There's no, like, um, there's no like magic power. It's just God living on the inside of you. And the difference between one person who stays stuck and another person who walks in victory is one who says, I know who I am in Christ. And I know that whatever's going on is under my feet. And I can walk in that authority and I can put that devil where he belongs because I know I have the authority. Now, through Barb's Pruitt voice, I don't. I have all the, the earth stuff. I have all the, the natural stuff. But in the spirit, when you go into who God says you are, now you can begin to exercise that authority. Now the open doors can happen. Now the favor can happen. Now your children can be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. It's another whole realm of supernatural authority. Jesus said, you look at his example, there's many things Jesus did and when he walked on earth, but 
he walked in full authority. And there was one where he, uh, the demon-possessed men, two demon-possessed men came and blocked the way. The road was blocked by two demon-possessed men. Have you ever had your life blocked? Like you're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to have change. You're trying to get your joy back, and there's like this blockage there. Well, here was these two demon-possessed men, and they were, they were blocking everybody. They were being bullies, and they were, they were screaming and yelling. But Jesus showed up on the scene. Jesus didn't even have to say a word to them. They said, whoa, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? What happened? Authority. Authority showed up. See, when you know who you are, you can be watching TV and the enemy come and you can go, hey, what's going on here? I'm going to step into my authority. You can, you can literally step into the authority of Christ. And Jesus didn't have to yell. He didn't have to scream. He didn't have to, I'm Jesus, bow down. No. He walked in the room. He knew his mission. And they said, the demon said to him, whoa, what do we, Jesus, what are you doing here? We have no problem with you. And Jesus is like, well, I have a problem with you because you're blocking the way. See, there may be some spiritual roadblocks in your life that's blocking you. Why can't I have this breakthrough? Why isn't things changing? It could be spiritual. And God's like, rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God. Take the authority that I have put on the inside of you and tell that thing to go. He didn't have to beg the demon. He didn't have to scream at the demon. I'm not saying there's not times for that. You know, I love all of that. But I'm saying when you know your authority, you tell the devil, go, what does he have to do? Bow his knee. I'm not bowing to him. I'm not bowing to his tactics. I may for a second, something may gut wrench me, something may steal my joy. I may get a bad report, but guess what? I'm getting back up and I'm dusting myself out and I'm stepping into who God says that I am and I'm going to get God's perspective on the situation. Jesus just walked in that authority. Jesus did so many incredible things. One thing I love that Jesus did is he um, disappeared in the crowd. He was translated. I'm trying to show you this because your natural linear is not all there is. The supernatural world is so big and amazing and so full of many miracles, but we live small in the kingdom of God. And they drug Jesus out. Man, they're manhandling him. And they drug him out to the edge of the city to throw him off the cliff. And while they were struggling with him, Jesus just walked right out of the crowd. They didn't even, didn't even know where he went. That's authority. The devil may come and he wants to wrestle with you and he wants to put fear in your heart and he wants to overwhelm you. You could just, oh, I'm stepping into Jesus. Nope, devil, you can't have me. You can't have my joy. You can't have my peace. The situation may still be there, but I'm not because I came up to the position God called me to be in. I'm not walking in my circumstance. It's still there, but guess what? I'm above it. And I don't know when you're going to go, but I'm going to keep speaking the name of Jesus until you're gone from my life. And this merry-go-round, this stuck place, all of it changes because I step into who God says that I am and where he's called me to be. Not just who, but where. We are down here living so small, and God's like, come up. When you come up to that seated place, you'll be able to see everything around you from a brand new perspective. You'll be able to see your job, your children in a better way. You'll be able to see what's going on in their life. You'll be able to see God's plan in a situation. You'll be able to hear God's voice. You'll be able to hear when God says yes, when God says no. Have you ever been living in a time where there's just so much going on? You can't even hear or know what God is doing. You have to know that you are not below, but you are above all those situations. Your awareness of the spiritual realm will increase as you learn to operate in the Holy Spirit. Amen. God has created you to oppose and conquer every work of darkness. He designed us that way. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Number three this morning is this. God has called you to a higher place of maturity. When you come into this authority of Christ, it's another level of maturity. It means I can't just keep getting away with the old word I used to get from God. I can't do it in the, this short worship, only worship in church. God is calling us to a spiritual maturity. In order to walk in the fullness of this authority, you have to walk in maturity and hearing God's word, amen? Let's read this in Ephesians 4.14. Paul said this, you're like children 
tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He's like, you don't even know who you are. You're just blown with this idea and blown with that preacher and, and blown with that prophet and, and blown with that cultural, you know, we should believe this in culture. And, and you're just tossed. You don't even really know who you are. And God's like, it's time to get into the level of maturity. It's time to grow up in Jesus a little bit. I don't say no shouting message, I guess. I'd shout if I was down there. Yes. No, why? Because we got to put in the work. See, God already gave you the word, and he gave you the Holy Spirit equipped to help you understand heaven's perspective. You have the word, and you have the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need to see heaven's perspective on every situation. But we have to be in the word of God, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Amen? God wants to mature us a little bit. Although spiritual authority takes place in the heavenlies, it is subjected to the authority of the highest heavenly place. That means whatever realm the enemy lives in, the holy throne of God is the highest and it is subject, everything under the throne of God is subjected to you and to the the name of Jesus. You have to see that. I'm going through every spiritual opposition to get to the throne room to bring down the power of God in my situation. Spiritual, amen? I want you to know today that the enemy's real. We know he's defeated, but he is roaming around seeking whom he may devour and deceive and to get off track scripturally. And it's so important that we know what the word of God says about every situation in our life. I'm going to challenge you, challenge you in this. This is the time to be in God's word. And this is not a religious stance. If we don't know the word of God in this hour, we will be deceived. Because there are some things you're going to have to stand strong on, even though your flesh is uncomfortable with it. So I would, Ephesians, I said last week, get in the book of Ephesians, study that, but it should be Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You should be devouring those those books right now, the epistles. You should have your notebook out and your pen and just, what do all of these books have to say to me? Because they are equipping books. They're going to teach you how to hear the voice of God. They're going to teach you how to recognize sin. They're going to teach you how to have conviction and repentance. They're going to teach you your authority. I lived off Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians my first year of serving God. And it's the core of who I am. You cannot take away who I am in Christ because I know who I am. Barb Pruitt messes up all the time. I have road rage. I make wrong decisions. I eat wrong things, whatever it is. But when it comes to the end of the day, I know who I belong to, and I know the authority realm that I have power and dominion over. And nothing can take that from me. Nothing. He may wipe me out for a second, but he doesn't win the battle because I go back to knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. Really quick, I want to read these verses so you'll have some scriptures. And then I'm going to go into a little illustration this morning. But let's look at this. Psalms 57.5 says this. Be exalted, O God, say above, above the heavens. Let your glory be above the earth. I want you to see clearly where dominion authority lives. It's above. It's not beneath. So his glory and his, his presence is above. Let's look at um, Psalms 97.9. For you, O Lord, are most high above all the earth. Where's he at? Above all the earth, right? You are exalted far above all gods. See, Scripture is clear. It wasn't just a one-time encounter that, well, Jesus is seated at the right hand. No, he's there, and he's remaining there, and he's making intercession for you as you seek him. He's still there, and you belong there, right? This is an exalted position of Christ, and I want you to see that because you have to remember that's where you are seated. Let's look at John 3.31. He who comes from above is above all. Listen to this. He who is is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from a heaven is above all. So when you have where you are seated mentality, 
I'm not, I'm not seeking what the world seeks. I'm not seeing, I don't talk of the earth. I'm not worried about the economy. I'm not worried about who's running the government. I'm not worried about some things. I know who I belong to. I'm not going to talk the earth. I'm not going to talk what I'm afraid of. I'm not going to talk bad about my marriage when I get one one day. Hallelujah. Don't talk about your man. Don't talk about your woman. It's sacred. Amen. I just got excited. I almost ran off the platform. Do you see that? If I had a tennis shoes on, I think I would have. Holy ghost. Woo. <laughs> but too many of us are busy talking earthly things. Stop it. He said, why? Because if you're of the heaven, you're going to talk of the heavenly things. If you know where you are seated, you're going to declare God's word out of your mouth, out of your heart, and walk in supernatural power and authority. Amen. That's kingdom authority. That's ruling and reigning. We talked about that a lot on week one. You are called to reign from a place of supreme authority. Have dominion. Have, have uh, power, amen, and might. There's no power on earthly realm. There's no greater name on the earthly realm, but in the spiritual realm there is, amen. James 1.17, I don't know if I gave this to them, says this, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation of, of change turning. Everything you need is coming down from heaven. Why? Because you are up in your position calling it down. You get into the spirit and you see things in the spirit that you can't see in the natural, which brings me to Rounding the corner on part number four, I think I'm in. There are two realms of existence in life, and God has called you to move between the two. There are two realms of existence, and too many of us are staying on one realm instead of being willing to cross over to the other realm. So let's look at this just a minute. There are two realms. Key to heaven's perspective is to know the difference between the two, the physical and the spiritual. The spiritual realm is always greater than the physical realm, amen? It's always. So let me show you this. God created man and uniquely designed him to exist in both worlds simultaneously. He created you. So let me show you this. I'm going to break this down. We are a physical body, right? So I have what's called the earth suit. The earth suit is wonderful. We run around. We enjoy life. We enjoy our children. We travel. That is all something that God wants us to do. It's this beautiful earth suit here on earth. But God gave within this earth suit, when you are born again, the spirit of God. Now, I want you to see this. The spirit, and you know this, but it was given to you by God when you were born again. The spirit does what? It relates to it engages and participates with the spiritual realm. So you've got your physical side, the earthly side, and you've got your spiritual side. So let me just show you something here. I got a cute little bridge here. Hopefully you can see it. But this is our natural side. This is where we have struggles. This is where we have oppositions. This is our, our, our natural side of things, right? But when you know who you are in Christ, now obviously I'm not going to climb up, so this is our higher position. But this is the physical side, the natural. But when I cross over, my spirit is in the supernatural side. So we're in the spirit over here. I'm not in the flesh. The spirit is greater. The spirit is higher. The spirit is all powerful. So if I constantly live on this side, I'm living frustrated. I'm living discouraged. I may throw out you know, some things with God and I have a little breakthrough, but I'm talking about this dominion authority, walking, casting out demons, Amen. The blinded eyes open. People, miracles just happening all the time. Seeing God's perspective. Your children are driving you nuts and you don't know what's going on. The enemy's attacking your marriage. You can frustrate this all the time or go to the spirit that's on the inside of you and say, okay, God, what's going on in my marriage? Wait, what's going on? Why is there so much strife all of a sudden? Why is my husband quiet? Why is he not communicating? I'm listening to the Spirit of God. Now you see God's perspective on this side is where you hear God. On this side, you get God's agenda. 
On this side, you hear that the, the Lord shows you there's a spirit of division or strife in your home. What you couldn't see on that side, because you can't, the flesh can't see it, but your spirit man can see this side. And there's power here. You ever just been like living life and you're, and you're just, you know, and all of a sudden you get this sickening feeling like, what is that? Why do I feel this red flag about this trip? Why am I concerned about this business deal or this relationship? Well, I don't know. I'm going to try to figure it out. No, no. The Spirit of God in you will communicate to the Spirit of God in heavenly places. God, should I make this business deal? It looks good. It looks glamorous. But man, something's not right. And when you're looking from God's perspective, he will show you, don't take that deal. That's all glitter. That's all sparkles. It's going to lead you down a very bad road. But God, I don't know. I'm confused, right? And we want to stay on this side. And God's like, I have answers over there. Why do you have a red flag? I'm going to show you why. Don't ignore the red flags. That's your spirit saying something God wants to bring you higher to show you something wider so that you're not destroyed by the enemy. I can't tell you the times God took me out of my flesh and said, go into the spirit, and I got clarity from what God wanted to do. And, and you'll get peace. I'll look at situations like Colossians says, peace rules as an umpire. God, do I feel peace? I don't feel peace about this, God. And then I execute and go back to, in the natural, what I got from the spiritual. Now, I want you to see something. We have something called the soul. Your soul can mess with you. It will get you out of the will of God so fast, but it also will connect to God. Because God will use the five senses to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing. We are all three people. You don't eliminate the soul because now you're in the spirit. God will use things in your soul to identify or say, no, this is God. Yes, this is not me or whatever. So I look at, you've got your natural. Now my soul, which is my mind, my will, and our emotions. How many know the Bible says our mind is enmity with God? Your mind hates God. Your mind wants to stay here. Your mind wants to stay in the flesh. It wants to fight here. But God's like, but wait, I have a seat higher for you. Why aren't you taking it? Why? Because my flesh doesn't want to be the bridge. You have all power waiting, all victory, everything you need. And God's like, your soul better bridge over to the other side. What does that mean? I better take my stinking flesh that doesn't want to die to itself, and I better be a bridge to the Holy Spirit and submit myself to God and say, mind, will, and emotions, you are going to line up to the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. But yet we don't want to die to ourselves. I don't really want to hear God about that relationship. I don't really want I want to be mad. And God, no, higher authority says, come on up. I'm going to show you some things. Whenever this church has something going on, I certainly don't stay on this side. I may, I may ask some questions. I may call some other pastors. I may try to get wisdom, but my butt's getting on the other side because I better hear what God's saying about me and this church and this city and what we're called to do. And then what happens? Listen. When you're dealing with stuff here, we stay here. We remain with a little bit of fruit. We decide to go into the spirit, and I'm going to grab the spirit's point of view, heaven's point of view. What happens? I now bring back with me the fruits of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit comes from here. You need to forgive someone? You better get over on that side and bring back love. You may be like, I'm so, you know, what was one of the fruits of the Spirit here? I got way ahead of my notes. But patience, you know. You ever just self-control? You ever just been moody? Like anything anybody says to you, you're like, ugh. They're just getting under my nerves. And we just start blaming everybody else. And the, the Holy Spirit, you feel the call of the bridge. Okay, soul, get over on the other side. Why am I so out of control? Why am I so angry? And you think God's going to point somebody else out. And God's going to be like, because you're not in my word. Because you need to forgive and let go. Because you're not worshiping me. But we want to point the finger, God, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you changing? Why aren't things moving? Why aren't mountains? I've got authority. God's like, you're not walking in it. You're walking linear. Walk in my spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if I'm depressed, and depression's a real thing. Listen, depression has gripped my heart many times, and I could stay here and justify it all, or I'm going to use this soul to come over to the spirit and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me shall be defeated before me. Everything's under my feet. The name of Jesus is a strong tower in my life, and I'm going to run into him. 
And all of a sudden, I come back home going, the joy of the Lord, I'm dancing, I'm shouting. I don't care what lineal looks like. I just got the spirit to get involved in my situation because I rose up to the place he called me to be. He designed us, listen, he designed us to go from here to here like that. You have to take religion out of it. Now, you have your responsibility. You better know the word. You'll be like the seven sons of Sceva. You're going to get beat up. But when you know and you're, and you're learning who you are, you could just be, like I said, watching TV, and you feel a troubling in your spirit. You don't know what it is. You know what? I'm going to turn that off for a second. I'm going to go step into Jesus. God, what is it? Call your son. Something's not right. Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to call my son. Hey, whatever you're doing, knock it off. Holy Spirit just told me. I've had that happen. I was a youth pastor. Oh, I'm running out of time. But I woke up one night. In the middle of the night, I'm on this side. I'm sleeping. I'm happy. And all of a sudden, I woke up, and the Lord gave me one of my youth's names. He said, call her right now. Tell her what she's doing. She better stop it. And I'm like, what? That seems crazy. It's like midnight, 1230, and the Holy Spirit's waking me up. But that's the whole, a spirit wants to connect to the spirit to bring back good fruit. We can ignore it, or I won't get the fruit. We'll blame God. Or blame people or get frustrated, think something's wrong with us. So I got in, I went over, I made that phone call. I said, oh, sweetie, I don't know what you're doing, but God says, you better stop it right now. Found out she was about to have an affair with a married man, like just about to. And that freaked her out. <laughs> but that's kingdom authority. You can walk in that with your children, with your boss, with your job, whatever you need. Go get what belongs to you and bring it back and let that manifest in your life. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so really quick, let me wrap this day up because otherwise this series is going to be 10 weeks long. On this side, we are bound to time, right? We're bound 24-7. We live in 24-7. When you get in this realm, it's timeless, there's no time. The Bible says a day is a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is a day. There's no time. Now listen, that's why God's word when he says, I never leave you nor forsake you. Well, over here, I feel like you do, God. You definitely left me. I'm not hearing your voice. I'm not happy. I have no joy. And God's like, no, no, no. I'm not here in time. I'm here in timeless. He's like, I'm here. I've never left you. You're hanging out in the wrong place. You're hanging out in disappointment. You're hanging out in rejection. You're hanging out in failure. I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. The problem is you haven't come to me. So I've never left you. I've never forsaken. Listen, the word says, my word will accomplish that to which it was sent and will not return to me void. But on that side, it does. Why? Because it's still working over here. It's timeless. Whatever word you proclaim, whatever miracle you're believing God for, it's happening over here. It just hasn't manifested yet over here. And that's why you fight the good fight of faith. That's why you renew your mind to the word of God. That's why you encourage yourself in the Lord. Why? Because all of this right here in, my, in this realm will cause what's over there to be manifested in my life. So you're going to go to the spirit. You're going to bring back love. You're going to bring back peace. You're going to bring back kindness. You're going to bring back goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, I'm running out of time. I'm so mad right now. Okay, I'll give you one Bible story. Is that okay? And then I'm going to let you all go home. I just want to close this session of this up. When you walk in that authority, you move freely between the two. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? This is about not bowing our knee to culture. Because on this side, culture screams so loud. We can't pretend the evil that's happening in the world today with sexual identity. Books in the kids' classrooms today, teaching them perverted sexuality, five years old. Books in the classrooms, curriculum. And, and on this natural side, we go, oh, but we love them. You know, we want to have this perverted compassion. And what happens, we, we're bowing our knee to the idols of the world. And it is intimidating. 
And how do we do it in love? And that's the only way God wants us to do it. And I've taught on it how to do it. You just got to find it online. But we could bow our knee to culture in the natural, our five senses on this side. So, and that's what the church and some, a lot of the church, church world is doing is we're, we're bowing our knee to culture. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said we will not bow. We will not bow. And he, what did they say to him? And, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar was mad. Think about this. Thousands bowed that day to the golden image. And three teenagers, they were teenagers, said, we will not bow. Imagine that whole crowd coming down, and there stood these three kids. And they said, we will not bow to you. Our God is able to redeem us from this fire. And he is able to free us from you. What's that? Authority. I'm not afraid of what Neb- who was the evilest king ever, horrendous. I'm not afraid of you because I know my God will take care of me. I'm not going to bow to culture. I'm not going to bow to idols of the world. I'm not going to bow to even fear of rejection. No, I'm going to stand up. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said no to the culture. And they stepped in the spirit. And they said, we know our God is able. We don't know how, but our God is able. And, and, and the evil of the world, just like today, they'll want to turn up that furnace. They'll want to make it, you know, just so angry at this righteousness of God when the church arises. But we can't be afraid of it. We have to stand with the authority of the Spirit in our life because love sets people free. The truth sets people free. And so they didn't bow, and, and they turned up the fire extra hot. So hot that the men that was trying to throw them in was consumed by the fire and burned up. But listen, they said the first thing they did, we're going to bind up. We're gonna, we bound them up. They bound those young kids up. The enemy wants to bind you up. He wants to bind you up, afraid to speak truth, afraid to speak love. You're not worthy. You can't take the supernatural. You're not worthy of a great marriage. You're not worthy to do the kingdom of God. And he binds you up. But in the fire, when they were thrown in, God will use the fire to burn things off of our life. I don't like where I'm at, God. I don't like these new wines because I don't like what you're putting me through. And God's like, just hang out. Keep your authority because I'm burning some things off that the world tried to bind you up with. And, and, and immediately their bounds were burned off. They were in the supernatural There there was a supernatural presence. They should have been consumed. They should have been burned up immediately, but God preserved them. And we know the story so much so, they came out without even smelling like the smoke. See, when you know, this isn't just cute Bible stories. These are three boys who knew their God. They knew the authority of God. Daniel, throw me in the lion's den. I'm not afraid of it. I'm going to pray to my God. You can't tell me to stop praying. I'm going to pray three times a day just to make you mad. And he opened up his window. He didn't hide in a closet. He's like, come get me. I'm never going to stop serving my God. And we know he was thrown in the lion's den. But what happened? God shut their mouths. Supernatural. You have people talking against you? Pray the lion's mouths be shut. You will shut their mouths, God. They can't touch me. They can't devour me. They can't destroy my family. Shut their mouths. It's kingdom authority. And who was worried? Was Daniel worried? No. Just can imagine him kicking back with these lions. But who was worried? The king. He ran straight to the morning, lifted that rock or whatever it is, and said, Daniel, did your God save you? And he said, yes, he did. The world worries. Us, children of God, we don't worry. Because I am walking in kingdom authority. Amen? Number one, got to get a revelation of your authority. Number two, you got to know where you're seated. You got to know your position of authority. When you know that, nothing can get you. He can't win, amen? We've already won. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for this moment in your, in your presence, God. Lord, I pray above all that this word would be life-changing, that, Lord, you would shift some things on the inside of their hearts. God, let us not walk out the same way we walked in. But, Lord, I pray for the gift of faith over every one of us, God, 
that, Lord, we will take that bridge and cross over to the Spirit. We will hear your voice. We will discern your spirits. We will get your revelation and your word and your promises, God. And we will walk in the fruit of your Spirit in our life. No more, God, delays. Father, no more uh, roadblocks in the name of Jesus. No more. Let them walk in the fullness of the Spirit and of your word and of the blessings and of favor, God, that they'll not be handicapped one more second, Father God, in the Spirit. But, Lord, they will walk in that dominion authority. I hear the Lord say that there's some of you who are going to, I hear the Lord say he's calling you to take some spiritual authority in your life. But I also hear him say that when you do this, he's going to move quickly on some things. I just feel like you're going to make this declaration that you know you need, and I just see it, God happening. God's going to say it's going to happen because he's going to show that he is true to his word. He's just going to honor his word for you. So I hear the Lord say, just step out by faith, start declaring who God says that you are, and you watch things change in your life, and they're going to change quickly. And God, we thank you for it. And I want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. I don't know where you're at, if you're away from Jesus, if he's just convicting you of some things you need to surrender to him, but now is the time to give it away. Now is the time to give it all to Jesus and let him become the Lord of your life. So I want everyone to say this prayer with me this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life, not just as my Savior, but also as my Lord. Convict me, trouble my heart for you, draw me by your Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad all of you came out today. I believe you heard exactly what you needed to hear. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. I'm going to release a prayer over you today. If you still want to come and receive communion, take a minute at the altar and just receive communion. Otherwise, we'll be out there to greet you at guest services. Amen. Uh, don't forget tonight is youth ministry, remnant youth. Come on out. I think they can start arriving around 5.30, starts at 6, so they're having a wonderful time together. And by the way, they're packing up for California here in a couple weeks, so you all made that possible for all these kids to get there, and we're so thankful for that. So, And then we have our midweek service, which, listen, has been amazing. So if you can make it out to Wednesday night, I just encourage you to do that. There's something about midweek service, isn't it? There's just something about gathering together that's so powerful. So, Father, I thank you today. I just put the blood of Jesus around everyone here today, God. I thank you, God, that you enrich them as they go. Let them feel your presence. I thank you, Lord, that there'll be just a, a new joy within their heart today. We put the blood of Jesus and a hedge of protection around them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love you all so much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for letting me keep you a little bit.